thank you for coming to the interview. Um, before we start, could you just say your name clearly into the microphone so we know how it's pronounced and have a right Yes, uh, my name is Jack Stanger. Okay. Um, first question, when and where were you born? I was born um, in Easton, Maryland in uh, 1928 because there was no hospital in Chestertown. My parents lived in Chestertown, so I'm a native of Chestertown. And what was your childhood like? It was, I would say, a normal childhood in a small town. This was uh, more or less an isolated rural town. Uh, I grew up in the period before the Bay Bridge was built. So if you wanted to go anywhere, you uh, had to go on the train to Wilmington or if you had a car, you could go over the ferry to Annapolis, and there was a bus service in those days um, to Baltimore. But it was sort of a provincial place. Uh, we didn't have many people moving into Chestertown in those days. Now the population, I don't know for sure, but it may have a large number of people who've moved here within the last 25 years. And in those days, population was very stable. As I say, very few newcomers uh, moved into Chestertown during my growing up. I could tell you who lived uh, in this lower part of town since I lived on Queen Street. I could name all the houses because we tended to know everybody. Um, when were you doing Pearl Harbor, and did you have any interesting memories of that day? Well, I, I remember uh, where we were. We uh, were invited to Sunday dinner uh, at a farm in the country uh, by friends, and on the way home on the car radio, uh, we heard a bit the, about the attack on Pearl Harbor. And the next day, on a Monday, uh, I went to school. I was in the, um, would have been the eighth grade, I think. And uh, we had a shop class. That I don't know whether you still have that sort of thing, but building wooden things. And uh, we talked about this attack on Pearl Harbor. And for the older boys, it had an immediacy that it didn't have for me. In other words, I was 16 when the war ended. So I wasn't uh, faced with the draft. Did you ever think that maybe you could be called to the draft if the war went on longer? Was that ever a fear? Oh, yeah. In fact, I registered in, uh, when I was 16. You had to register. Mm -hmm. And that, the registration stayed on for a number of years that men had to register for the draft. Um, my time came during the Korean War. But instead of being drafted, I enlisted in the Air Force and did my service at that time. Um, how did your family react to Pearl Harbor and the war starting, or even just the war in general? Well, it, it, it really didn't make a lot of difference here unless you had a son or a brother who, was, who had to go in the service. Um, there, there was rationing, 
you had to have coupons for gasoline and butter and sugar and I think meat, but there never seemed to be a shortage of food on the table. I mean, we, we always had enough to eat. My father was the high school principal. He wanted to go in the service, but they wouldn't take him because he was the high school principal. And most of the men teachers did leave to win the service. So other than that, life was sort of normal here. Now, some men did lose their lives. Um, one in particular died on D-Day. But uh, as I say, for most people, it didn't have a great effect on your daily life. Did you have any close family or friends that were in the service? I had a cousin who died in the Battle of the Bulge at the age of 19. He was uh, the only one in our family who died in the war. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you do anything for fun during the war? Just as a child and a teenager? Normal things, you know. Oh, we didn't have... Uh, we didn't have sports here at that time. As I say, the, the men teachers uh, had left for uh, war service. And uh, in fact, the school did not have a gymnasium. You know, they just tore it down a couple of weeks ago, the old high school. So, you know, I had a bicycle. Kids rode, bi rode bicycles in those days. In the summertime, I worked at the country club so I rode out there on a the bicycle. Did you ever go to the movies? Oh yeah, every time the reel changed. <laughs> so do you remember what they would show before the movies? Wasn't there news clippings about the war? Absolutely, in fact, that was one of the, uh, uh, how shall I say it, the, one of the best ways to see uh, pictures. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there was no television, so you heard the news broadcast on the radio and you saw the news reels, I think they called them, in the movies. And then there was Life magazine. Life magazine was a picture magazine. So that's how you were staying updated on the war? That's right. Through the news reels? Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, well, the war resulted in rationing, correct? In what? Rationing, correct? Yes. And, <clears throat> and did your family deal well with rationing? Yes, as I say, I don't remember that we had any problem with, with food. My father had a garden for vegetables. Um, at one point, he bought four pigs, and he had these pigs butchered, and uh, uh, there, next door to us was an old barn, and uh, he hung the hams in that barn uh, to be cured. I mean, he, I can remember he rubbed those hams with uh, sugar. It was called sugar curing. So that was, uh, he was also a hunter. He hunted wild ducks and geese and rabbits and so forth. So we never had any uh, shortage of food. Um, I have heard that, I have heard stories of a black market in Chestertown or just in East this general area as a result of rationing? Do you know well, anything about that? No, I don't, because I was, as a kid, you know, I, I didn't hear anything about that. There could have been. Yeah. Would not surprise me. Oh. 
Were there air raid drills and blackouts? Uh, no. When the war first started, we had uh, people who were to be spotters of airplanes. But that didn't last long when they saw that the Germans weren't really able to send airplanes over here. Um, the uh, Maryland National Guard was uh, activated. It became the 29th Division with Virginia. And local people uh, who served in the Guard went then into the Army. And they established what they call a State Guard, a militia. And my father was the local captain. We had a company at the Armory. And uh, when you were 16, when I was 16, I joined the State Guard. So that was the local military effort. Um, now, during the, during the war, did it affect the uh, various roles that women would play in society? Like uh, getting factory jobs and whatnot? Just to a limited extent, there was a munitions factory here, and uh, women worked in it. It's possible that women also went to the Martin factory in Baltimore, but as I say, a lot of things when you're a kid you don't pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Do you remember um, there was a small explosion at the defense plant, I think it was in 1943, do you remember that? No, I don't. I remember the biggie. Yeah, that's, that's what yeah. I'm hearing about. I don't think the 43, maybe nobody died. I think two people died. But yeah, it was, it was a lot smaller compared to the. Yeah, and I just one. don't have any recollection of that. Um, were were race relations affected in Chestertown as a result of the war? I don't think so. Um, as you know, of course, in those days, this was essentially a southern town, and uh, blacks were segregated. Um, in the movie, they had to sit up and the farthest most gallery in the back with an entrance of its own. Other than that, I mean, uh, schools were segregated, but um, I lived on, a, on uh, our friend's farm in the summer of 44, so uh, I worked with black men who were there and also at the country club. Um, but blacks were people you were friendly with, but there was no social relationship. We had a, uh, a black maid, for example, and we were not wealthy people, but uh, you could have a maid because wages were so low. Um, you said that the only person who fought in the war was your, in your family at least, was your cousin, right? Did he write letters or? And such well, he probably did to his mother, but she lived in North Carolina at that time, and yeah. so I don't know. Do, so, was your mother working? Was she staying at home, or was she working? No, she stayed at home. Okay. Yeah. Did, wait, did you live like on a farm, or in, or did you like, run, or did your family run a shop, or what did your family do? No, as, as I mentioned, my dad was principal of the high oh, school. Right. And we lived on Queen Street, which is not very far from here. Mm -hmm. 
Do you have any specific memories of, say, like D-Day, of Normandy, or VE Day, or V? Yeah, I, d- or I do a VE Day because um, I was, uh, what do you call an altar boy in the Episcopal Church, and the minister decided to have a service that night at 7 o'clock. I don't know how the word got out, but he told he uh, called the Methodist ministers, and they had a joint service, and it was packed. So I remember he wanted uh, uh, somebody to do something. He called up some lady from the congregation to do something, and she was Jewish. And I thought to myself, that's interesting that that she came to church with everybody else to uh, celebrate this VE day. But that's all that happened. <laughs> Would you, was there a sense of celebration in Chestertown at the end of the war? Was it relief or? No, not, not any more than that that I just described. Mm-hmm. So it was very mm-hmm. subdued. Yeah. Um, and you have to remember too that at that age, I really wasn't thinking about yeah. a lot of things that adults thought about. Um, when you look back at the events from your personal perspective now, do you feel like, wow, I handled this whole thing lightly, or wow, I overreacted to the stuff that was happening? Or? No, I think I, I was interested in it. I kept a scrapbook of um, newspaper clippings about... Uh, the campaign in North Africa, and then in Italy, and and then in Germany. So I was interested in it. In fact, I just recently gave them to my son. Uh, so, so you were very you were following what was going on and like the troop movement. And oh yeah, and we had a teacher, a social studies teacher, who was very interested in that kind of thing, and so we talked about it in school. us that we didn't ask you already? Pardon? Is there anything you wanted to tell us that we didn't ask you already? Oh, okay. I think. No, I think you covered everything. I have a, I have a question back on the rationing. Um, you, gas was rationed, correct? Did your family used to go on trips or were, did you mostly stay in Chestertown? Uh, we, at that time, my father didn't have a car, which is interesting. Um, so it didn't affect us. I remember that the stickers had different colors according to the amount of gas you could get. Yeah. For example, I think a doctor could get as much gasoline as he needed. Mm-hmm. A farmer, probably because he lived in the country, yeah. and things like that. So your father being a school principal, was he, did he get any extra things or was he just exempt from service? Yeah, he was exempt from service. Now, there were a lot of, generally speaking, people over 30 didn't, didn't have to go, but he, he wanted to go, but they wouldn't take him. Yeah. So you mentioned most of the male teachers, did they go off to war? Or mm-hmm. they, so how, how did, do you remember how that affected the school? Did they have to hire new teachers? Yeah, they had to hire um, women teachers. Mm-hmm. So that's a women Your father went, you know. So women came in, you know, sort of took the place of men in that, in that workforce. Mm-hmm. So your father was, the, so he would be, would have been overseeing all of that transition? 
Yes. Did you uh, ever talk about how the war was affecting the schools? Or well, I don't think, here I don't think it had much effect other than that. Did you have any friends who were a couple years older than you that went off, that were enlisted and oh, yeah. were drafted? Yeah. Did they ever see combat or? Yes, that's true. And as I say, one was killed on VE, v, what was it, D-Day, yeah. D-Day. So how would, um, how would you hear about, how would you hear about that death? Would it be in the newspaper, would it be in a letter or? Well, if you weren't a member of his family, you'd read it in the local paper. Uh-huh. And weren't there gold stars on the window or on the flags of homes that had children participating in the war? Well, I think a gold star. A gold star might have been for a death, and a blue star was uh-huh. somebody, in, I think, you know. But mm-hmm. since we didn't have to have a flag in the window, I didn't, I didn't know. Were there many war bond and stamp rallies and such? No, but war bonds were uh, advertised. In fact, um, you could buy stamps, and I did that at the post office. Uh, Buy stamps and put them in a little booklet, um, and eventually redeem them, if you couldn't buy a war bond. Do you remember any rallies that were held in Chestertown? Were none that I know of. Yeah, I mean you're talking about yeah. a small agricultural town away from the mainstream. Yeah. I mean the Eastern Shore was more isolated in those days. Yeah, definitely. Did you ever have POWs? Oh, I've heard stories of German POWs who would occasionally like work on farms. They did. Do you have any stories about them? No, uh, I didn't see any. Well, but wait a minute. I, I, I saw one night uh, a train came, and the train only came in the daytime here. So I got on my bike and rode around there to see what was going on, and the windows on the train were blacked out. And so I learned that there were POWs being deposited here. And the farm of my friends didn't have any, but uh, one time I went with them to another farm and I saw some German prisoners working, that's all. Mm-hmm. Was My. that a surreal experience to see them here in Chestertown, because given that it was so isolated that people who had been in combat were coming back as prisoners? Well, you know, Americans are <laughs> open people and very hospitable people and I think the prisoners were treated well. In fact, in later life, I met a German who was the chief English interpreter for the German Foreign Office. He had been a prisoner of war here, not in Chestertown, but in the United States. And that was his introduction to English, and it um, uh, inspired him to study English, and he later became a, a chief interpreter. Yeah. So you mentioned that you served in Korea. Were you enlisted or drafted? Uh, I enlisted in the Air Force. I did go to officer candidate school, and um, I never went out of the country. 
the most foreign place I went was Texas. And <laughs> anyway, but so that and oh, I stayed in the reserve for 33 years, so I spent a good amount of time in the service. Was there a sense that the Korean War? Did you notice any differences between this the country's reaction to the Korean War and the reaction to World War Two? Uh, yes, in the sense that there, there were people opposed to it. Whereas in World War II, once the war started, you never heard any objection to the war. Mm -hmm. But there were those who questioned the Korean War. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the flap when General MacArthur was uh, fired. Yeah. But some people sided with him, and the president, I think, was right. And yeah. So the country wasn't as united behind the Korean War effort as World War II? I, yeah, I don't think it, it w there may have been objection to it, but it was nothing like the Vietnam War, for example, yeah. where there were protests. And, mm -hmm. you know. did, did you know of any other um, people from Chestertown who enlisted during the Korean War? Oh, yeah. I can't name any right off, but plenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there were no rations, right? No. Uh, That's correct, yeah. A lot of people who thought they were finished were called back. Mm -hmm. yeah, I knew some a couple who were called back into the Army. So they, they had served in World War II and thought mm -hmm. they were done with their service. Yeah. Back. Were you deployed from the armory? Pardon? Were you deployed from this armory? Uh, no, I wasn't. I, I enlisted in the Air Force, so I... So you don't get deployed? Yeah, just went on my own. The, yes. Just Army? Yeah. Did you, what was your role in the Air Force? Did you fly planes? Were you a technician on the ground? No, I, um, I always tell people I flew a big BMD, a big metal desk. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, important. I was in the intelligence service and, and stayed, in it in the, stayed in it in the reserve. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you, were you stationed in Texas for that entire time? Or? Well, I was stationed in Florida, Texas, and Colorado. Have you always lived in Chestertown, or did you move back after your service? No, I didn't move back. Uh, I went on uh, to my life's career, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And what did you do for your career? Well, I worked at the University of Maryland. Uh, first, I got a doctorate in history from Georgetown University. And then I worked as an academic administrator at the University of Maryland. I did some teaching, but mainly um, I worked in the administration of the university. And so what made you want to move back to, to Chestertown? Well, it was my hometown. And <laughs> that's about it. Uh -huh. yeah. How long ago did you move back? Uh, 28 years ago this fall. Oh. Yeah. So were you in the class with Matthew Dutton or Ralph Townsend? Or just stuff? one year earlier. One year earlier. Yes. Okay. So did you hang with those? Pardon? Did you did you hang around with those folks? Yeah, I knew them. Did you get in trouble with those folks? Because they sounded like they were always getting in trouble. <laughs> well, there were different things. <laughs> the ones uh, at the, in school at the same time as I, uh, Ann Hoon and uh, Jerry Bristol.
and um, Walker Eliasson, Hackett Emerson. They all served in the service mm -hmm. afterward. So do you have any recollection of how the college changed at all during or after the war? Washington College? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I entered in the fall of 1945, and coming back at that time were what we called GIs, returning veterans, mm -hmm. and they pretty much dominated. They were, these were older guys now. They pretty much dominated the dating situations. <laughs> and in fact, I just went to a reunion a couple of weeks ago and met a woman that I hadn't seen since 1945. I didn't even recognize her. And she said, yeah, you were a country boy, and all those GIs sort of made it tough, didn't they? <laughs> so now that was, the college was small. There were only about 400 students. Yeah. Uh, it's much improved, I think. Faculty is much stronger, uh, more offerings yeah. than, than in those days. Yeah, so so the, there's an influx of these GIs and they all just... Yeah, they had cars, yeah. for example. Did they mostly keep to themselves or did they interact with the rest of you? Was there any tension? Uh, both, <laughs> yeah. No, th they give, that doesn't give you a good answer, but... So you were friendly with some and not... Hmm? So, so you were friendly with some and... Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, others. yeah. So does that cover the waterfront, or...? I think so, like, I, think so. I don't have much else. I mean, from, from my standpoint, the, the uh, war here in Chestertown didn't have a great effect. It was naturally, it did in the world. Yeah. So, so you, what year did you graduate Washington College? Or? 1949. 1949. Yeah. yeah. So would you, would you happen to, we, we, we always ask this to people who were at the college during that time. We have a friend who has um, discovered Miss Doris Thistle Bell. Do you remember anything about? Oh, her? yeah. What was she like? Well, she was um, a single woman. She had white hair. Um, she was the athletic, girls' athletic director or whatever. Mm. She lived on the third floor of what's now the Imperial Hotel. That was an apartment building. Mm -hmm. We heard she was pretty strict and a bit of a character. Mm. I, I, Miss Doris was okay, I thought. You know, a fellow I knew dated her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> yeah. well, I wouldn't say he dated her, he spent it's, time with her. It's someone, someone your age? Or? Yeah. Because oh, okay. we've heard that she had some liaisons with, yeah. with younger college students. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. She'll enjoy that story. That's, well, you from your standpoint, or mine too, it would be sort of like dating your mother, <laughs> but you know. Thank you so much. This is well, you're welcome. I hope it's been useful. Yeah, it's been.